Because if we don't focus on return on investment for farmers, rural America is going to die, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. You can drive through lots and lots of places where towns are dying. We want to revive rural America. We want farmers to be more profitable. We want them to have an excellent return on investment. And soil testing is one way to get there. And the management practices are another way. Welcome to the 312th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, regenerative agriculture, community food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. In a sense, nitrogen is the plant nutrient that makes the world go round. That's particularly true in corn farming. All those millions of acres of Midwestern cornfields can't seem to get enough of nitrogen fertilizer. But nitrate nitrogen is also a tricky element. When applied to crop fields, it can easily be washed out of the root zone or otherwise lost into the environment. So, as a sort of agronomic insurance policy, farmers are tempted to apply more nitrogen than they actually need in order to maintain yields. That causes both economic and environmental problems. For one, over-applying fertilizer wastes money for a farmer. At current prices, U.S. farmers are throwing away $400 million annually on unneeded fertilizer inputs, according to agricultural journalist Keith Schneider. Environmentally, it's a disaster as well. Nitrates can escape into groundwater, where they contaminate wells, threatening human health. And the so-called dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico is mostly the result of excess nutrients in the form of fertilizer and manure escaping Midwestern farm fields. It doesn't have to be this way. One way to save farmers money, as well as protect the environment, is to stop underestimating our soil's ability to cook up its own fertility. A growing body of science is showing that healthy soil has an extraordinary ability to provide the nutrients plants need and should not be reliant on petroleum-based inputs as it currently is. One recent Illinois study, for example, found that corn gets 67% of nitrogen-based fertility from sources naturally occurring in soil. However, in order to take advantage of soil's natural ability to create fertility, farmers need to bolster its biological health using regenerative techniques like cover cropping, no-till, diverse rotations, and adaptive rotational grazing. But building that biology does little good if farmers don't have ways to accurately assess where the soil is at in terms of health and fertility. How do you figure out how far it is to your destination if you don't know where you're located currently? One way to gauge where you're at in your soil health journey is to do an accurate soil test. Farmers and agronomists are no strangers to taking soil samples, sending them to a lab, and getting back recommendations for how much fertilizer to add. But scientist Liz Haney says such tests don't provide a full picture of the soil's biological state, and thus can prompt farmers to overapply certain inputs. That's why she and her husband, Rick Haney, have developed the Haney Test, a sampling method that attempts to measure the level of natural processes taking place in soil. While conventional testing relies on harsh chemical extracts to get physical and chemical reactions from a soil sample, the Haney Test focuses on measuring what happens when water is simply added to a farm field or pasture. After all, it matters little how much fertility is present if there's no moisture to get things going. Specifically, The Haney's have developed a system that measures microbial respiration, 
or how much carbon dioxide is being released. The more respiration, the greater the biological activity. Liz Haney, who has a doctorate in ecosystem science and works with farmers through various companies she co-owns, including one called Soil Regen, argues that the advantage to measuring microbial respiration is that a farmer gets a sense of, for example, how much organic nitrogen is present in the soil. In the past, scientists have sometimes overlooked the role organic nitrogen can play in productive plant systems and have thus emphasized adding inorganic, petroleum-based nitrogen, as well as other fertilizers, as much as possible. But it's become clear naturally occurring organic nitrogen can play a significant role in productive crop fields and pastures. First things first, we need to measure how much is present so we can determine what regenerative practices to undertake that will provide the right environment for that source of fertility to be made use of. Haney and other soil scientists say the key is to put in place farming systems that get living roots in the ground throughout the year as much as possible. Research has shown that the vast majority of biological activity in the soil profile is taking place around a plant's root zone. That's why cover cropping and adaptive grazing can be so effective at building fertile, healthy soil. Dr. Liz Haney recently traveled from her home base in Texas to speak at the Kevin Davis Farm near Cannon Falls in southeastern Minnesota about the importance of getting an accurate measure of soil biological activity. The event was sponsored by the Minnesota Soil Health Coalition, Clean River Partners, the Cannon River Watershed Joint Powers Organization, and the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. She also described why focusing on return on investment, rather than maximum yields, will ultimately be the savior not only of farmers' bank accounts, but our water and the natural environment in general. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you gave, a, I think, a really good rundown of, first of all, why knowing what's in your soil is so important. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about that, but I was one of the things that you kind of, I think, made a really good point of was the difference between conventional soil testing and kind of the soil testing that you're promoting with the Haney test and why it's so, the information you're getting is so different and why that is, that, that the way that the soil, the conventional soil testing is done is not giving us that real world information that we need if we're really going to take on and, re, and follow through with a regenerative system. Can you talk a little bit about those differences there? Sure. So conventional soil testing is going to give you a chemical and a physical imprint of your soil. And where the action happens is your biology in the soil. That's where all the nutrient cycling comes from. That's where all of your crop growth comes from. That's where above ground and, bio, uh, and below ground biodiversity comes from. So conventional soil testing does not give you any of that information. We use different extracts, water and H3A, which represent water because it rains water. And the H3A extract represents plant root exudates because that's where all of the action happens when your, your plants are growing within the soil. Conventional extracts are harsh. They don't mimic anything that actually happens naturally. They were developed under conventional systems whereas our test was developed under regenerative and biological systems. And that's what we're trying to see. We want nature and the soil to tell us what's going on. We don't want to dictate what's actually happening in the soil. We just want to get a read from it of what's going to happen throughout the growing season. And through that conventional testing, what kind of biases are you getting? I mean, you're, it's showing, 
it's not giving you the information that it, it, it's going to bias you towards certain inputs, that kind of thing, right? So the way that we have treated the soil under conventional testing, it has led to an over-application of nutrients, which we can see by the dead zone in the Gulf, phosphorus loadings in the Great Lakes and surrounding lakes, especially up here in Minnesota. So it's not, it's lending towards more inputs, more cost to the farmer, more cost to the producer than what is actually necessary. We can see different aspects in the soil that can help improve return on investment for producers. It can reduce nutrient loadings in lakes and streams and in, in groundwater. And we can actually see what's functioning in the soil so that we can get a better idea of what our management practices are doing to the soil. And one of the keys of your test is really that respiration, that that's the key to everything that's going on. Yes, the key to everything is microbial respiration. We measure biological activity based on CO2 respiration. Microbes take in oxygen, give off CO2. So the greater your carbon dioxide reading, the more active your microbiology is. We can tell from that how your management practices are impacting the soil, whether you're doing no-till, cover crops, whether you're compacted, how your irrigation water is interacting with the soil. We can get different... Um, comparisons based on year-to-year climatic conditions and help adjust management practices to make you more more profitable over time. So one of the things that you talked about and that farmers really seem to respond to is this whole idea, kind of that key nutrient that people are not quite, that the conventional testing is not quite getting the information that we need on and that farmers maybe aren't understanding how they're using it and it's the one that's causing us a lot of problems both economically and environmentally is nitrogen. Yeah, the difference between organic nitrogen and the nitrate nitrogen that we're, you know, that we're applying from outside the system. Can you talk a little bit why that's so important? I mean, that that is, it seems like it's, I've, I've heard people talk about this, nitrogen is the, it's the nutrient that makes the world go around, and it really is, if we can figure that out, figure out how much we have available, it seems like it's the key to unlock a lot of problems that we have, like I said, both kind of agronomically, economically, and environmentally. So basically, after World War II, we had nitrogen fertilizer available. Nitrogen has been a long-term insurance policy, basically, for farmers. We didn't really understand the impact that it was going to have on water quality, and we didn't have the instrumentation or the scientific knowledge to know what to test for. So now we test for, instead of just inorganic nitrogen or nitrate nitrogen, we test for organic nitrogen. We know that the healthier that your soils are, the more organic nitrogen that you have in the soil. Organic nitrogen is not lost to either the atmosphere or to groundwater leaching like nitrate nitrogen is. It slowly cycles through the soil and plants actually prefer to take up organic nitrogen because it's more efficient within their systems, meaning that they can spend less energy production on assimilating it compared to inorganic nitrogen. So before we didn't really have the instrumentation or the knowledge to test for that, and now we do. On average, we can save a grower about $30 an acre just by realizing that the organic nitrogen is available in the soil. Yeah, and you showed some some Haney soil test results from right here in this area here in the Cannon River watershed in southeast Minnesota where 
I think there was some of the savings was in forty dollars and above. It was it was really striking what we saw as far as maybe what they don't don't realize that they have available. Uh, one of the questions we get asked a lot is whether this is applicable all over or it it works here but it doesn't work there, and that happens with management practices as well as as soil testing. But what we do is we test your soil under your climate under your context. And it's a snapshot of what's happening under your situation. Whether you're in drought or heavy rain or you're under corn, soy, small grains, it doesn't matter. We get an accurate read of what's actually available to your plant at the time we test it. So one of the things that I think that the Haney test really helps show and that you really emphasized was the key role living roots play in the system. No-till helps, and some of these other uh, aspects of regenerative ag help, but you really, I think, through some of the results you were sharing and, and some of the things you were talking about and the examples you had, living roots really are the key to this, aren't they? Living roots are completely the key to a regenerative system. If you look at the way nature functions without man's intervention, there is always something living on the ground, and it's usually diverse. There has been a system developed and in place. You can call it God, nature, whatever your preference is. But nature was made to have a living root in the system. It feeds the soil. It feeds the soil microbiology. It makes the whole entire system function as far as nutrient cycling goes. So when we think about regenerative practices or soil testing or anything, we try to mimic nature as much as we possibly can. We try to bring that back in balance, knowing that we have a cropping system that we still need to function within. That, that reminded me of something you had mentioned was, uh, if we're going to have a regenerative system that farms in nature's image, we need a soil testing system that, that kind of tests in nature's image. Yeah, for sure. And I think the conventional tests, and I said this during my talk today, the conventional tests were developed and tested under an industrial ag system, under conventional ag practices. So we need to move beyond that and actually test the soil biological function and see what's happening under these more holistic management systems. One of the things that really you emphasize is you did, have, you had a good example of, I think your business partner broke the dryland corn yield contest, it was 400 and 29 bushels, 459 bushels per acre. So yield is, and that is, like you said, that's a way of getting the interest of conventional farmers. But really this, you don't want to focus on that too much. It's really about return on investment. And that's what you're trying to get at with the soil test is to show there are ways of increasing your profitability and your return on investment rather than just saying, oh, how can I boost my yield? Because that's what got us in trouble with the conventional testing system is, oh, how can I boost my yield and not really looking at what's your return on investment and how much is this costing me to produce this yield? So it's it's great to go around the coffee shop and, and brag about your yield, and I understand that. Everybody has that within them. The reason that we focus on yield sometimes is because we really want to reach the conventional farmer, but if we don't focus on return on investment for farmers. Rural America is going to die, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. You can drive through lots and lots of places where towns are dying. We want to revive rural America. We want farmers to be more profitable. We want them to have an excellent return on investment, and soil testing is one way to get there, and the management practices are another way. Focusing on return on investment is not only going to help rural America, 
it's, it's going to save the environment and, and, and increase nutrient density and make the whole entire world more healthy and profitable. Well, that was the point you really made was it's a win-win for the environment and, and, and the economy. When a farmer can figure out even just a key piece like nitrogen, how to not overapply that and make it so it, re- it increases your return on investment. Yeah, I, di- I didn't get in this wholeheartedly until I realized that the only way for my kids to have a future was if we focused on agriculture and focused on making it more profitable and more environmentally friendly because I want them and my grandkids and future generations to have a planet to live on and to be healthy and to be happy. And then once I got into soil health and regenerative agriculture, I really realized how much farmers are the backbone of America and how much or how important they are to our culture and to our food and to our just everything. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Everything. You know, you're right. It's yeah. all connected. It's, it's all, all connected. That's what that test shows and that's what regenerative ag shows is it's all connected. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. This whole idea of if we can figure out how to make the soil more self-sufficient and help it build its own fertility and its own resiliency. Is there the possibility that we could ever get to the point where we don't have to rely on outside inputs that that soil would be completely self-sufficient? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, you've been involved with this for quite a while and you've kind of seen farmers all over the country and in Canada and what they're doing. You think about that? I think that under the current commodity system there is no way to go completely without inputs Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is not to go to pre-european settlement we can't really get there if we did that we would have a severe decimation of the population so what we need to do is work together to make sure that we're preserving the environment improving the environment improving rural health uh, human health farmer profitability in the best way we possibly can using nature's image. And it just seems so much more key with the climate situation we have right now, too. It seems, we're, boy, we're seeing it here with the extremes of extremely wet, extremely dry. And I know where you're at in Texas and the farmers you work with, you must see that, too. Yes, I'm, I'm moving to Minnesota, <laughs> by the way. Texas is horrifying right now, just horrifying. So there, there have been more significant extremes And I've seen in regenerative management practices that even over large-scale farms that are doing regenerative practices, they're changing the climate in pockets themselves Mm. and improving the water cycle, Mm. which is key to restoring the environment. For more information on building soil health profitably, See the podcast page for Ear to the Ground episode 312 at landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on whatever podcast platform you utilize. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. 
If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.